Greetings, Lisa Edwards here, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching and host of the Exclusive Career Coach Podcast. Ready for some great career management content? Then let's dig in. Greetings. How's it going, guys? How is your uh, how's your career trajectory? What's what's happening? Um, we're going to talk today about setting yourself up for success in a new role, no matter what level you're at. And I've got multiple levels. We're going to talk about the commonalities and the differences in each of those. Um, as you probably know, that first 90 days is really critical in a new role, not only from perspective of setting yourself up for success in that role, but also it sets the trajectory for your future with the organization and future opportunities and, you know, possibilities and that kind of thing as well. So for each of these, I'm going to give you some, some ideas about how you should focus your efforts in the first 90 days and then some kind of key takeaway, bottom line, what should your focus be for each? So the first one is the individual contributor role. So a primary focus from week one in an individual contributor role should be getting really clear success metrics and priorities from your boss. This is typically going to go beyond the job description, although you do want that. Hopefully you had one in the hiring process, but in case you didn't or in case there have been revisions to it, that's a starting point. But that doesn't typically have things like, you know, measures of success, um, you know, KPIs, any of those kind of things. If your boss doesn't have that for you and can't or won't provide that to you either in writing or verbally, then it's up to you to write that down and meet with your boss to see if there's alignment there and if there's any misunderstandings, discrepancies that you can rectify up front. So much better to do this quite literally in week one than certainly, you know, at, at a 90 day evaluation or whenever the first performance evaluation happens and you find out that you've been going in the, the wrong direction. Direction. Obviously, if you think about trajectory, every day that goes by, if you're even slightly off course, the difference between the course you're on and the course you're supposed to be on will increase. So the more time that goes by, the wider that, that uh, disparity gets. So that's, that's one thing is getting really clear on those success metrics and priorities. Another focus is obviously learning how your department works and how it interacts with other departments in the organization, how work flows, who do you depend on, who depends on you, who does what within the organization, and, and how your department fits into the purpose of the larger organization. What role does it play there? So really getting clear on what your department does, why it does it, who does what specifically within the organization, how all of that fits together. As part of that process, you're going to want to learn how to communicate with others in your department, particularly your boss, but anybody that you're going to be interacting with. Um, and when I say how to communicate, is this a, you know, an email situation, a, a, a an in-person meeting, whatever the options are, um, you want to try to meet them as much as you can in a way that benefits both of you. You know, I don't want you bending over backwards like a pretzel, trying to communicate differently with everyone. But hopefully there's a happy medium somewhere where you can compromise and, and get what you need from each other. 
I also want you to, as part of this process, get a really good understanding of the culture of the organization. There's always, almost always, a huge difference between what is stated. So if you, you know, the boss says, hey, you know, this is what it's like to work here. Or, you know, in the interview process, you ask someone, what's the culture of the organization like? you're going to get a, probably a very different answer than what is actually happening. And I'm talking about things like, when do people actually show up for work? When do people actually leave for work? Do people take lunch breaks? And if so, what does that look like? Do they take break, uh, you know, breaks during the day? What is the, you know, what is the flow in the office during the day? How are things like, you know, celebrations handled, birthdays and anniversaries, whatever it may be. Um, you want to get a sense of what really happens in that department. I can remember over my years, so many people telling me that, you know, they were told you know, the work day is X to X. Let's say it's, it goes till six and they would, they would be ready early in their, in their tenure with the organization. They'd be ready to leave at six ish and nobody had stepped you know, out of their office. Nobody had turned their computer off. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's this adjustment period and you, part of setting yourself up for success is not getting a reputation as being, you know, a clock watcher and, you know, five o'clock she was out of here. That's going to be very hard to overcome. Even if you start working longer hours. Now I'm not suggesting that you be married to your job and work horrible hours. I am saying pay attention and make some decisions based on that knowledge. And then another part of this individual contributor role is your boss or a mentor that's in the department should be able to direct you to key stakeholders, peers that are in other departments outside of yours in the organization that you need to get to know. And hopefully they can tell you why you need to know that person. And I recommend that you schedule one-on-ones with them uh, to introduce yourself get to know them a little bit, figure out how to work together. It's going to be much more easy to work together if you have a personal relationship. Ideally, it'd be great if you can meet in person. If you work virtually, probably it's going to be over Zoom or Teams or something like that. So the keywords that I came up with for individual contributor role are alignment, orientation, and communication. So primarily that alignment with your boss and his goals for the organization, the department, whatever the case may be orientation to the department, the function, the people, um, and orientation outside of your department. And, you know, what do they do and how does it all fit together? And then communication, understanding how people communicate with one another within the department, outside the department. How do you best fit your communication in with all of that? So alignment, orientation, and communication. The next one is for a new manager. As with the individual contributor role, it's going to be really important that you get a clear understanding of what you're going to be responsible for delivering and how your success will be measured. You want to get that in writing. So really the same instructions that I gave for the individual contributor, what you're learning about as far as what you're going to be responsible for is going to be very different and how you will be measured is likely to be very difficult, different rather. But what is important is that you get that clearly in writing very soon. The next thing you want to do is schedule one-on-ones with your direct reports. You want to get to know their strengths. What are they, you know, what are they great at? What do they struggle with? What are their growth areas? Um, What are their work styles like? 
um, you know, satisfaction with the job? Are there parts of their job that they love or don't like? Um, not that you can necessarily make changes, but you do want to know that. You also want to know how they like to be rewarded. And I may have told this story on the podcast before, but I did this early on when I first went to my last university that I worked at. And I had a secretary who said, I like to be rewarded with ice cream. And she would be the one to go to the high bee and get the ice cream and the toppings and uh, we would invite all of our student workers to come to these ice cream socials is what we called them. So she was rewarding herself in essence. We were just, I was as the boss giving her the approval, if you will, to do that. So it was really interesting. And then I had another employee back at the first university I worked at. I found out the hard way because I didn't ask the question that he liked to be rewarded by given be, being given more responsibility and being more part of the team which was interesting because he was the only hourly person. Everybody else was salaried. And I had been sending him home because I was very conscious of the fact that we did not have a mechanism in place for overtime. Um, and so I was, you know, watching the clock and he was very offended by that. And I didn't know that. So, so ask the question how they like to be rewarded and how, how do they best receive feedback? Make sure you're clear with them on when you will be doing performance evaluations. What will happen in between formal performance evaluations? Um, the major shift here at, as a new manager is you are moving from an individual contributor role where you are responsible for your work to now some, if not most of your, uh, how you will be evaluated as a professional will be through the work of others. And I worked with a client um, last year, I guess, who uh, reached out for coaching because this was her situation. She'd managed, oh, like the intern kind of thing, but she had not mentor or she had not managed full-time career employees. And she was finding a real dissatisfaction in her job from not feeling like she could put her hands on, see, taste, touch, feel, and smell her results in her work like she used to. So you really, uh, you want to set that ground, uh, you know, from the beginning in learning what they, what they're good at, where they need help, how they like to receive help, all those things, and then come up with a way to develop employees because that is such a significant part of the work. Another piece here, because you are now starting to step into leadership, um, that, you know, at this level, I think it's kind of a mix. You, you're doing the management, which is, you know, the day-to-day -day stuff with your team, but you're also learning to become a leader. And I love the analogy, and I don't know where I heard it. It's been years ago. But the analogy of manager and leader was was something along the lines of a manager will tell you, so let's say you want to paint the side of a building. A manager is going to tell you what color to use, maybe help you pick out the right um, ladder and paintbrushes and show you how to use them, maybe help you get up the ladder, help it set it up for you. A leader is going to help you decide whether that building needs to be painted, right? So it's that bigger picture, stepping away from the details to look at the bigger picture. So, so as you step into this new leadership role as a, a first-time manager, you're going to want to learn about leadership. So whether that is through courses, podcasts, reading, uh, watching people, it'd be fantastic if you could get into some sort of a high potential 
program within your organization. You want to look at those different leadership styles and absorb what makes sense for you. It's so important as you develop your leadership style to make sure that it is authentic for you. Because if it isn't, if you're trying to be someone that you're not, you're emulating somebody because you think that's the kind of leader you should be and it's not true for you, you're going to eventually either burn out or it's going to catch up with you that you're you're not authentic and people will smell it, right? And finally, in this new manager role, you want to develop your plan for the year and get alignment with the boss. So, you know, you initially meet with them to make sure we're on the right page with the, str the strategies and the priorities and all of that. But then you want to be able to come back with that longer range plan because now you are in charge of some, you know, group of people and some uh, product line or service something. And you want to make sure that you have set priorities and goals and the measures of success for that. So my keywords for this new manager level are alignment, management, and leadership. So again, that alignment with your boss and making sure now that you have people reporting to you that you are also um, aligned, that they're aligned with you and it's a straight line management, right? So learning those skills of managing the day-to-day -day work, you know, what, <laughs> what, what ladder to use, what paintbrush to use, how to paint a house, and then also beginning to learn leadership skills um, because that's going to set you up for future success. So the next level is director or senior manager. Once again, as you step into this role, you want to make sure that you're in alignment with your, with your boss. You're likely going to be at this level reporting to a VP, SVP, maybe something like that. So now you're going to be really dealing with KPIs, maybe, you know, much more consequence to your measures of success. And you want to make sure that what you're doing in your organization, that you both understand how it fits into your VP's bigger picture, but also that there's alignment there. A key difference at this level is that you may very well have direct reports who have direct reports. And in, you may have a mix at this level, right? Some do, some don't. Some may be like my client that I was telling you about, they're managing, you know, an intern because they're getting started on this process of management. So at, at this point, then your, one of your key goals is going to be mentoring and coaching these people to become managers, right? You're really focused on pipeline development for your organization. So you want to meet with your direct reports about their goals, their working styles. You also want to make sure that you're very clear not only on the the what that your department is doing, but the how in terms of the culture in your department. You're really building culture. You're not at this level, you're not just maintaining a culture that has been passed down to you, that you have, you know, assimilated, but you are setting culture, setting you know, engagement, setting, all of the things to keep your department peak in peak operating mode. You're also going to be meeting regularly with others in the organization. So increasingly, there's going to be breadth to what you are doing, um, whether these are people that will help to contribute to the final product that you're creating or just key people you need to know across the organization. So you want to quickly set up those meetings and, and establish those relationships. And you're also going to be expected to evaluate regularly what is and isn't working. So you want to make sure 
that you are seeing and hearing what is actually happening. While you absolutely want to get feedback from your employees into not just job satisfaction, but how are they doing with their projects and that kind of thing. But you also want to see the evidence of that. And you want to get quickly on top of issues. The One of the worst things at this level, I think, is to let something fester, whether it is an employee problem, a work product problem, a quality problem, whatever it may be. You don't want to ever get the reputation of being someone who does not face those head on, who lets things fester until you know, what could have been solved relatively easy now becomes a major problem with major implications. At this level also, you'll likely be asked to create a long-term plan. And this could be a one, three, and five-year plan or some, you know, variation on a theme. You want to create that. You want to then meet with your boss and get insight and buy-in from from your VP. And then you want to disseminate this information to your team and key stakeholders. So my keywords for this level are, again, alignment, influence, and strategic planning. So again, we have that alignment. It's more high level now. It's wider and deeper, but it is still alignment with your boss and with the organization as a whole. Also influence. So, and I'm thinking of this internally and externally. So your influence is increasing and you want to make sure that you are learning the skills to influence properly your direct reports and, and by extension, their direct reports. But you're also extending your influence out beyond your function, beyond your department uh, throughout the organization. And then strategic planning, while it is important at all these levels to some degree, to me, this is the level at which strategic planning becomes an integral part of your job. And so uh, understanding how that works. And, and I think a big piece of strategic planning is that ability to look at the organization as a whole and not to look at your organization, your department, your function in a vacuum. And then finally, we have the VP or C-suite executive. Again, developing a vision and aligning your leadership team with that vision is a critical component. And you're going to be expected to do this at this level with an executive presence, a compelling communication style. You want to be able to elicit buy-in and engagement. You want to be able to not only speak it correctly, in other words, use the right words. Uh, we talked about that in written and verbal communication a few weeks ago, but to do so in a way that elicits buy-in, a passion, if you will, you want to be able to, to compel people to, to this vision. Another piece of this is once you've established those strategic initiatives, you want to look at how can we get a couple of quick wins. So one or two of these things that we can knock out early on so that we, and to be honest, you get that reputation as, as being um, a rainmaker maybe because you've been able to, to land a couple of really quick wins. And this is really good for the team too, right? Because I think it's important to remember that they're going to be on an un- they're going to be on a little bit of shaky ground because they have a new leader and, you know, maybe they don't know you, maybe they don't know you well. And so helping them to get a couple of early victories is going to really solidify the team spirit, the, the engagement, the collaboration, and also hopefully their commitment to working with you. And then if we pull the lens out a bit further, 
you're going to also want to look at maybe 90 or 120 day victories, one year goals. So going beyond that 90 days, some longer goals, um, it really becomes, it's part of that strategic planning process, looking at these things and not only prioritizing them, but looking at them through the lens of where can we get those quick wins? What's going to move the needle the most? Those kinds of things. Listening to employees at all levels is another critical element at this level. So conducting something like a listening tour, it has two purposes. It's not only for you to listen and hopefully take notes, but it's also to show your team that their voice is important to you and that it will be heard. So you want to be gathering information, finding where the gaps exist. What are your strengths? You know, think of it as essentially it's a SWOT analysis without a SWOT analysis, right? Um, because you're learning about the strengths, weakness, opportunities, and threats of your, of your, whatever your, your fiefdom is, if you will, within the organization. And you want to, so you want to find those gaps and then develop a plan to address them. And then you want to develop a communication plan. So whether this looks like a newsletter, Friday morning stand-up meetings, like it can be a combination of things, could be partially, um, you know, what, what has been done and what has worked in this unit before. The main thing here is that you are showing that you are open and transparent, not only within your team at all levels. So the person who has the most entry level job within your unit should have the same communication information as your right hand man. Granted, there are going to be some confidential things, right? We're not talking about that. We're talking about those things that really everyone needs to know, making sure that everyone knows it. There's also the piece of external communication. So letting the people, whether they're key stakeholders, your boss, whoever it may be outside of the unit and the people that you lead, making sure that they know what's going on in your department. So my keywords for this, this uh, level are alignment, leadership, and communication. Alignment, again, obvious. Com- leadership. At this point, you are doing a lot more leading than you are doing managing. You are leading the people who are managing people, or you may even be leading the people who are leading the people who are managing people. So by now you should have a very clear sense of your leadership styles and strengths. You should be self-aware of your areas. There shouldn't be any blind spots and you've accommodated them with you know, key people that can fill in where you aren't strong, whatever the case may be. And then the communication piece, of course, as you move up within the organization, communication becomes even more critical because there are fewer people above you who are responsible for that communication. It's sort of stopping with you at this level, uh, with the exception of the CEO or CFO, that kind of thing. Basically, everything else is coming from you, And you want to make sure that that communication is clear, concise, transparent, all of the things, um, and that you are communicating outside of your unit or your function. So you may have noticed that a consistent element at each of these was that alignment piece. And as I think I alluded to earlier, what that looks like, who you are aligning with, what you're aligning on, who you are communicating that alignment with is going to vary at each level. But it is so important that you get on the same page with your boss as to 
those priorities. And remember the analogy I use, because I think it's a good one. If you think about a, a trajectory and, you know, if you say day one, we're starting off on the same spot and you don't get those uh, goals and, and priorities communicated early, even if it's a one degree difference in what your boss thinks you should be doing and focusing on and what you think you should be doing and focusing on, if you go out 90 days with that one degree difference, it's going to be significantly different in 90 days because those paths are diverging day by day. So that needs to be that number one, I think, priority at each of these levels is getting on the same page with your boss in terms of goals, priorities, getting that alignment. So I hope this has been helpful and I hope this has given you some thoughts. So whether you're stepping into a new role, maybe you're responsible for people who are stepping into new roles, maybe you do some mentoring. These, these are some really good techniques and tactics to use for people that you might mentor. Um, but I hope that it has been helpful on some level for you. And uh, take care. I'll see you next week. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you subscribed and left me a review. If you would like to discuss working with me to achieve your job search or career goals, my calendar link is in the show notes.